welcome everybody to another episode of Innovation Crush. My name is Chris Denson. I'm your gracious host. Uh, to my left is Lisa Osborne, my guest co-host. You want to say hello, Lisa? Hello, Lisa. Say, say it with fervor. Hello. Yes. Audience out there Arr! in cyberspace. Arr! Arr! Yes. <laughs> so this Turns is this is pirate. the uh, yeah this is the pirate program, um, which is no, just kidding. So um, Melissa Rowley is our guest today. Say hello, Melissa. Hello. Uh, do you want us to give us the? Because uh, I'll botch this because you're you're so uber successful. I want I want to make sure you tell the people a little bit about your story, um, you, you know, and and what you're up to a little bit. Sure. Um, I am a journalist for the most part. I've been a TV producer for CNN, Associated Press, Entertainment uh, for a number of years. And the last five years, I've really been focused on digital journalism. And my primary beat is social change. Primarily, I'm really passionate about how technology can be harnessed for social change. And from that, I uh, spawned the idea for a show called Magic Makers, which follows a group of nine genius teens using science, tech, engineering, and art to transform communities. Why the name uh, Magic Makers? I was sitting with a friend one night, and I told her the concept. And she said, okay, you're going to call it Magic Makers, and then you're going to write the treatment out tonight. And I said, yes, yes, I am. It just (laughs) fit. It just fit because the, the maker movement is part of it. You know, we're looking at how science and tech and making and creating with your hands and art and how it all can come together to to really facilitate social change and helping others. So it just seems like a good fit. Um, how did you land on sort of this piece of the movement, right? If you're, you've been a journalist and from what I read, an award winning journalist, um, but you know, you cover a lot of different topics in the area, um, of tech and, you know, engagement and, and how things are happening in the world differently than they've ever happened before. Uh, how did this land as sort of the passion point for you? Yeah. Why teens? I just think that teens are so different today than they were when we were teens. I mean, I guess that happens with every every generation, but I think teens today have never known a time without the internet. Therefore, they have known how to collaborate and communicate with people across the world from them. They've been able to watch revolutions take place via social media. They've been able to watch crime updates occur in real time, and they can do Google Hangouts with people in different parts of the world. And I just think that as products of the most connected and informed generation, some really fascinating things are coming from this age group, and particularly with the kids that are starring in my show. So uh, along those lines, what are some of the, the cool things you've seen so far? I, I mean, I, I know of uh, a, a couple of awesome kids myself, but, you know, in terms of magic makers and also what you've seen in the world that teens are, have been able to accomplish that, you know, you or I would not have been able to accomplish when we were in the same age. Sure. Well, really, the whole idea for Magic Makers, I think, is a culmination of a different series of events that I've covered in the last five years. But the, the, the real pushing point for me was I was in New York about two years ago. I live in New York now, but I was living in L.A. And I was in New York covering an event called Red Bull Creation. I just spoke about this in Make Magazine, and it was all about hackers and makers and welders coming together. They had 72 hours to create a vehicle that could move from point A to point B without using fossil fuels. So some of the inventions you can imagine were out of this world. I think the winning 
invention was a, a large wooden wheel that could spray paint text messages that were transmitted via mobile phone. And I just thought, wow, that's really interesting watching them in a pressure cooker. They're under pressure. They've only got a certain amount of time. They're inventing. They're hacking. They're creating something from nothing. And then that same weekend, I went to an event called Microsoft Imagine Cup, which is a technology competition for high school students and college students. Right. And I was talking to some students from my alma mater, Ithaca College. Go Ithaca. Yeah. Just so you know, I went, I went to Michigan State. We just won the Rose Bowl. So um, I've been telling all my guests that just whenever college comes up. He tells people that when he's like going to the bathroom. <laughs> in the yeah, I knock on the stall next to me and I'm like, hey, what school did you go to? And then when they, they start talking. Like, we won the Rose Bowl. <laughs> right. I'm a big supporter of Michigan State. I grew up in Michigan, actually. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I was talking to this student team from my college. I just happened to meet them. I had no idea that representatives from Ithaca College would be there. And this team, I think there were they they scanned they spun from fresh span from freshmen to seniors in college. But they created a video game that basically was um, took a nano microscopic nanobot and could test irreg- prenatal ele- irregularities in a virtual mother. So this was done so that they could eventually learn how real mothers, real human breathing mothers, um, what they should look for if they're having prenatal irregularities. And I just thought the fact that they thought of doing something like that <laughs> yeah. is so out of this world. And the fact that you can do that with video games and technology and that that we're seeing games and inventions and robots and science being used in such interesting ways and really playful, creative ways Um I, I think it's I, the way that I've been talking about magic makers is that magic makers is just one piece of a larger movement. Um, I am not creating the movement. This generation of kids that are doing fascinating things with science and tech and art are creating the movement. But what I want to do is package it and put a spotlight on it so that other people across generations are inspired to do similar things. This is all pretty amazing. I, it also makes me kind of feel like a loser. Like when I was a, when I was a teen, I was it was magic markers, not magic makers. I was thinking. I was thinking when I met you. I was thinking. You know, my show really makes Chris look like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> you're like now. Your 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 plot is underway. Yeah. Um, no, so- I, I feel. I feel. Uh, I felt. I feel so motivated. And like a schlep at the same time. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's almost like you have to keep up and you're the adult. Right. It's it, you know, and that's that's the really interesting thing you have to. And I'm, I'm a parent. Right. So I'm like, what's it going to be like when my eight year old is 16, 17? And what is she going to be able to do? She'll that, be a cyborg. <laughs> exactly. She'll have like a mechanical eye. <laughs> um, but, you know, but along those lines, also, Biotic Brooklyn. Th- this isn't stuff that's being taught in school. You made it. That was very funny, by the way. I, I have to let her know you said that. Um, my daughter's name is Brooklyn, just so you know, Melissa. Uh, so bionic, never mind. Anyway. So anyway, uh, no, as far as, I mean, these kids aren't really learning these things in school per se, right? You know, it's, there aren't uh, too many programs that are geared towards prenatal detection, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in yeah. 10th grade. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I had one too, but it was a whole different scare. Um, but, but at the same time, I, <laughs> sorry. Um, what do you think? I don't know, is this is the educational system, because we talked about this when we met as well, in terms of New York being one of the largest school districts, or the largest school district in the country, is the educational system failing these kids? Like, what's, where's the disconnect that you've seen in terms of, you know, traditional education versus what the kids are already doing, and, and where's the, the disconnect between those two things? Well, I can't speak for every single school, but I think that in a lot of school systems, students are very disengaged. 
they're not feeling entertained and they're not really interacting with the educational curriculum. That's why whenever I see curriculum that's really based around play or role playing or making, deconstructing, really systems-based thinking and design thinking, that's when it starts to get interesting because the students are able to, to choose how pathways to their own learning. Um, and they're able to then really cultivate their own personal unique talents and that that they're not taught that in most schools they're taught you know in in 1970 the fortune 500 companies the most sought after skills in that era were reading writing and arithmetic in 1999 that changed to problem solving collaboration and interpersonal communication skills these are all skills that should be taught and enriched in our school system and what we really want to do with the show is display that kids want this and need this and they're doing that on their own already so we should be creating school programs around it. And, um, you know, I, there's a lot of really interesting things going on with schools in New York that are based on STEM, which, as you know, stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. And we put the A in there for STEAM. Um, but I, I think that we're just at a really interesting time. How, and how, Sorry, go ahead. How did you, how are you casting the nine teenagers? Like, how are you finding them? Well, the show is already cast. We've got nine kids. Um, we're going to be starting a casting call next week for the 10th. That, that will be part of our whole crowdfunding campaign to engage people and make them you know, feel a part of this movement. But I handpicked them, really. I was just telling someone the other day. Like, Chris, I think I was telling you I was um, in a really, really dark place in my life uh, about a year and a half ago. Right. And I moved to Australia for a few months. And, Down in Excuse me? Down in down under. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah. know. Yeah. Under, no. Continue. Great Don't mind Austin me. Accent, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And I, I came back to LA, and I just felt like I, it was just time to make something. You know, what was I doing with my life? I was a journalist, but I wasn't really even a journalist anymore. I wasn't talking about anything important. I kind of felt like I was just failing <laughs> in every area. And so, um, I read an article about this boy who was 15 at the time, and. He invented uh, a new way to detect pancreatic cancer at the very early stages. His name's Jack and Drake. He was the first person I cast. And I thought, you know, gosh, you know, this is incredible. And that same week, I saw a story about two girls that were attending Harvard at the time. And they created a soccer ball that generates electricity. It's now called the socket. They built an entire business around it called Uncharted Play. And the socket is used in the developing world to, um, to, to give energy to, you know, to, to lighting a lamp maybe for half an hour. It's not extensive, but it would have come in really handy during, you know, during Sandy, during the hurricane a year right. ago. I mean, these are all things that would also be really great to have in the first world. Um, and I just thought, you know, this something really, again, something really fascinating is happening here. There must be other kids out there like this. So I started doing some research and started finding them. Um, first, I tweeted at Jack and Draca. And we had a phone conversation and I said, you need to be on my show. I'm going to make a show about you and other kids and we're going to bring you all together to collaborate. And you're going to make masterpieces. And he said, I'm in. I'm so excited. And then he introduced me to his friend, Adora Svitak, who spoke at TED when she was 12 about what adults can and should be learning from kids. And she was my second cast member. And then um, I think the third one was Easton LaChapelle. He created a robotic prosthetic arm. Uh, for people that need limbs, and ultimately he wants to have it be controlled by brainwaves. And he just signed a deal with, I don't think I'm allowed to say who, but a very who? Uh, successful, motivational <laughs> speaker <laughs> who's, uh, who's going to be funding his business to bring to make this prosthetic arm and bring it to market. Well, that, that actually brings me to a good point, because I, sure. I, I was, as you were saying all these things, I'm thinking, it's just overwhelming, right? What 
these kids are able to do. And it's it in the the three that you just named are it's like I mean that's not even one tenth yeah, of like one Spock, tenth of a percent. Spock's cousin, right? Spock's brother. <laughs> and and pretty pretty soon we're gonna be like children of the corn. Um, but no, like how? What is the solution to scale? Like you know, I, I feel like they're creating at a rate that's faster than you know traditional business is set up to you know really make a social impact if you will um what are have you seen any real solutions to scaling a lot of the creativity that that um that these kids are displaying i haven't seen any yet of course that doesn't mean it's not happening right um i can tell you what we would like to do with the show is at the end when the magic makers reveal their their magic prototype their solution for whatever problem it is they're addressing. Um, this will be done at a school assembly. The school, the show is going to start with a school assembly where the problem that the magic makers will address will be identified. We're going to work a lot with the school. I was like, actually just gave a presentation at a high school today in Brooklyn, and um, they're really excited. More than likely, we're going to partner with them, and their students are excited about it. But we're going to open the show in a school assembly, introduce the main magic maker. He'll talk with his other magic makers, bring on his teammates. They'll do some collaborating design thinking, They'll get a mentor. Then they're going to go out into the field, consult with experts, talk to the students at the school, and figure out how to make this prototype. Some students from the school will shadow the magic makers. It will kind of be like a dual team effort. And then at the end, we'll be back at a school assembly where the magic makers will reveal their solution. From there, there'll be some judging. And it'll, it'll so be- do you set up as the production company? Like you find the experts and the coaches. You set up the – find the judges. You set up the final event. Is, are you yes. in charge of producing the entire thing? Right now, yeah. <laughs> right now, it's a big right jump. Now, right now, my, <laughs> my my production company, Warrior Love Productions, it's just myself and my lead and creative producer Meredith Marshall. It's just us. We will be doing all the creative. We're going to hire the technical production crew, and then we'll we'll produce the pilot. I mean, we are starting to get interesting calls from production companies that have heard about us through the crowdfunding campaign. We're also talking to two private two two private. I mean, two cable TV networks right now that are pretty excited, but. Um, you know, I, I can't disclose anything right now. I, unfortunately. I think I think we might know a guy. I think we might know somebody who can we'll, hook you up. Guys. Well, we'll we'll tell you about that off the off the air. <laughs> you know a guy who knows a guy. I know. I, no, no, I know the, the guy. guy. The no. guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, what was what was my? I was going somewhere. I was giving you a really long winded response to. Oh, when the kids reveal their um, their magic solution, you know, ultimately we want to get a really large corporate sponsor to fund that solution or to fund the the passion project that the magic makers are already working on. So for instance, if Easton did not have uh, a businessman who's going to be backing his prosthetic arm and helping him bring it to market, then uh, ultimately a corporate sponsor could do that. So that would be the reward for the main main magic maker. At the same time, um, we want to be able to provide a fellowship or an internship for a student from the school that the magic makers work with who does exceptional work. So um, you know, a lot of the kids in my cast, they're, they're going to have scholarships. They've already got scholarships. Some of them probably won't even go to college. I don't really know what all their plans are. But but the kids in the high school, the ones in these underserved communities, those are the ones that that need the you know, that need more exposure to opportunities in STEM and that need more exposure to to fellowship programs and to internships. So we really want it to be a win win for the students at the school as well as the cast. That's great. Um, what I wanted to ask you also is just, you know, how do these kids feel to have such an awesome support system, right? Like, you know, my 
eighth grade science project was thrown in the trash a, a week later. You know, whereas, you know, you've got organizations set up like the Global Entrepreneurship Week or the Intel Challenge or all these higher level things that kids, A, are becoming more informed about through their, you know, technological devices. Um, and, and also just um, from just more presence of organizations and people like you. Um, how like what is the emotional response from a lot of the the kids when they find out like there's a real support system behind these ideas? Did you watch the opening to the video? Yes, the one kid that screamed and like ran his way to the front. So <laughs> that's Jack and Draca. He's the one oh, okay. who invented a new way to detect pancreatic cancer. That was him when he found out that he won the Intel. It was Science like a beauty pageant. Movement. That reaction. It was amazing. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> that that video has been in every single spot or news segment ever done about Jack. And it's really, I mean, I think that's pretty much how he felt. I mean, there, you know, he was a science, he's been a science geek his whole life. So it's just, I, I would think it's really overwhelming and, and um, groundbreaking and moving for them. I mean, these kids are, a lot of them are so accomplished already um, that I almost wonder if there's like, ah, you know, yeah, fine. I was just on Colbert. I just spoke at parliament. I just met a couple of them have met Obama. These kids are, they're busier than I am. Their mothers are basically their managers. This new generation has also kind of spawned this whole new generation of stage moms, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, Geeky stage moms. That's actually pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, we're getting some, some interesting press too. We're getting to talk to you and, and um, we're, we're starting to get, pick up some traction around just the idea I gotta be honest with you. Being on here isn't gonna do much for you guys. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> we got like eleven people that listen. We have to no right? Obama connection. <laughs> yeah, uh, we know another Obama. It's a, it's a Jimmy Jimmy Obama. Um, but no, I, and also I wanted to ask you just a little bit from a marketing standpoint, right? Everyone talks about like, oh, you got to reach the millennials. You got to reach the youth. You know, they're they're the ones shaping the future. Blah blah blah. Uh, or just helping spread a brand's message or an initiative's, you know, um, mandate. How, like, what's the, again, just from your perspective, because I I think you look at it from an entirely different perspective than most of our guests in terms of how to engage, you know, this group of of kids and help them become either brand ambassadors or or help a, a brand to reach them in a really meaningful way. How, how do you go about reaching them and getting them to engage? Yeah, like you mentioned a little bit, like if there were a corporate sponsor that were behind one of these things to, to help, you know, put the prosthetic um, limbs on in, in in the marketplace, right? I was going to say on the shelves at Walmart, but that wouldn't, I don't think these are just kind of like... Highly inappropriate. <laughs> better than a lot of other things on the shelves. <laughs> that, that's, that's very that's true. Right next to Barbies. Oh, look, limbs. <laughs> um, you know, I think that millennials have really made cause supporting cool. Um, I'm a little bit above the millennial <laughs> generation. I'm a little bit older, but um, colleagues of mine who are younger and then obviously uh, the kids in the show have made um, have made cause branding mandatory for most companies that really want to promote their corporate social responsibility. And so companies are forced to look at CSR more as a way to um, before it used to be about risk mitigation. It used to be so that people wouldn't find out about their sweatshops 
in the developing world. It was just about basically covering their asses, right? And now it's about, but what are we doing to be proactive? What are we doing to give back to our community? What are we doing to educate the world on benefiting humanity? And millennials really care about that. They, they've made it cool. I mean, even if it's just, if it's buying Tom's shoes, if it's buying Warby Parker sunglasses, whatever it is, whatever it takes, if it gets the job done, I'm all for it. So I think that millennials um, are very... Uh, very in tune with brands and they want to be able to have a relationship with them, communicate with them. They're not going to just support or back any company. And so that's something that companies across the board need to pay attention to. You wrote in uh, the Huffington Post um, that 2014 will see a surge in social change. Um, why, Why 2014? Did you read the article? I did not. Uh, no, I, no I, I did read it, but not everybody who's listening. For the audience, exactly. Our, right. our 11 no, listeners. I'm just, I'm just harassing you. <laughs> I'll give you the high points. One of it is that um, civic tech companies are getting a lot of attention right now from VCs and philanthropists, and that's creating co-investment opportunities for these startups. So if you look at change.org, even companies like Waze, anything dealing with, with, with traffic and open government, open source communication, those are all civic tech companies. And um, a lot of, lot of companies are starting to look tech? to those companies to invest. Everybody's looking for the next socially conscious, cool tech company. So I, I hope it's more than a trend. I hope it lasts. But if it's starting to, it's starting to really, really start to take shape um, the last few months. So I see it going into 2014 and being bigger. Could you define civic tech for people who aren't familiar with that term? Civic tech, um, yeah, I mean, my definition are, are any companies that are technology-based using some kind of um, software, uh, combined possibly with hardware, that um, really help citizens in, um, communicate with the government, um, have access to information about where they live, whether that's health, medical information, transportation, anything dealing with civic duty, and that really facilitates open communication um, with their city hall. I think that there are broader definitions, but that's that's mine. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, so we had a guest on a while back, this guy named uh, Adam Chapnick, who is the evangelist. That's literally the title on his card, evangelist for Indiegogo, it's the, the crowdfunding platform. I wanted to ask you just for something like uh, this is obviously super amazing. Magic makers, the whole idea behind it and the and the subjects, um, the individuals that are that are covered. Uh, how do you feel about crowdfunding thus far, you know, and your effort in this? What's been the response? And just from even, you know, has it been easy? Is it hard? Because you, you think this would, uh, you, you would think that people would naturally gravitate towards this. Like if I look on a crowdfunding list, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm giving my 25 bucks to the kids. Um, but how has, how has this, the, the crowdfunding journey and experience been for you? It's been a combination of a sprint and a marathon at the same time. We're in our second week, and to be honest, I thought that we'd be further along in donations. We actually haven't gotten that many, but we've gotten a lot of traction in other areas. Like I said, we've received interest from networks and production companies, and we've gotten some great press. Um, I'm not sure why things aren't converting. Some of it is we're using a new platform, um, which I fully support. It's called Memeni. That's M-E-M-E-N-I.com, and they're brand new. We're the first beta test user, and what the founder really wants to do is create a community of innovators where people can just post ideas, which he calls sparks, and then people can contribute and crowdsource through volunteering, through giving ideas, resources, or crowdfunding. Crowdfunding is really just one element. Um, and 
yeah, it's hard. I mean, I've been I've been eating, sleeping, drinking, and eating this campaign. Eating my many <laughs> for the last. That's all I'm really thinking about or talking about. But it's been a tremendous learning experience too. I mean, there are moments where I feel like, ah, oh, gosh, you know, I thought I would have gotten more support, and then something happens an hour later, and I get this surge of people sharing us on Facebook, or I get a, re- a request from a reporter or somebody that I haven't talked to in five years says, oh my gosh, I just heard about what you're doing. This, this is so moving. I, I want to help you. And or, you get, or you get booked on Innovation Crush. Exactly. But you said that's going to hurt me. <laughs> you know, uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Um, so uh, I want you to finish a phrase for me. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the dating game. It's is is really Chuck easy. Lurie. I mean, well, we're dating, so you know how well I'm going to do it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> right, wait, you said you are dating or not dating? No, I'm not, and oh. I'm bad at it. Sorry, <laughs> fellas. Um, <laughs> um, so take this conversation in, just everything that we've been talking about. Um, I actually think this will be easy for you, uh, and complete this phrase. Innovation to me is. Innovation to me is groundbreaking ideas that help humanity. Nicely put. Very Thank nice. you. I think it's time for you to go on a game show. <laughs> or the, yeah, go go for the, the lightning round. Show. Exactly. I'd rather just I'd rather just be on your podcast for for the rest of <laughs> my life. We'll, we'll definitely help spread the word for you and. Um, and I was going to say you should probably look into uh, this conference called Front End Innovation. Uh, I think it happens in Boston in, in May, but they do a bunch of them all over the world. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of technology talk, 3D printing, you know, uh, multi-platform experiences. But I don't think that they have a lot of presence from people like you. So uh, and I'm not saying that because we have a shameless plug, um, a, a partnership with them. But it it really it's, is. It really is really awesome. You should, you should look them up. It sounds it sounds right up my alley. I'll yeah. F.E.I. So uh, how can people find you? People can find me by going to my Twitter. It's just at Melissa Rowley, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-R-O-W-L-E-Y. And they can definitely go to our crowdfunding page. I'm going to spell it out. It's kind of an interesting name. It's M as in Melissa, E-M as in Melissa again, E-N, I.com slash magic makers. So it's memeni.com slash magic makers. And they can sign up for an account. It just takes a few minutes and then they can support us there. That's awesome. All right. Any final words? Fantastic. I wish you all the best, Melissa. I think this is going to be amazing. Me too. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, no, I don't have any final thoughts. I just uh, <laughs> thanks for the opportunity. It sounds, um, you know, you said this was, Chris, you said what? This was going to be like a cross between Colbert and Fast Company. What did you? I either say, sometimes I either say Daily Show and Fast Company or Colbert and Fast Company. It usually depends on who I'm talking to and who I can well, harass. Good, I had a great time talking to you. It was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. So thank you so much. Thank you. So everybody, this has been another episode of Innovation Crush. Thank you, Melissa Rowley, for joining us. And uh, we will talk to you all next time. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Slicinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, 
one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudin posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.